0: Um, everybody to the one within all to a super special bonus full moon eclipse apocalypse episode of Innerverse, and i'm super excited to be delivering this one live we've got cheney in the house for her first visit to the podcast and definitely not the last i intend for a one-on-one with this synchro mystic super witchy amazing lady soon but the time was right to strike on this deep dive at the end of scorpio season to the heart of one of the deepest occulted matters that possibly we can even never get into and just throughout the day gabriel and i have been discovering more and more connections about just what's up with the placenta and birth and maritime admiralty law and the holy grail the holy grail of occultism potentially so there's so much to get in here uh gabriel you all know him he's slick dissident on youtube And if Cheney's new to everybody, check out Project Cheney podcast with all the same type of flavors and more that you enjoy from what we do here and on Weaving Spiders. Welcome, where all three of us frequently show up. Like I said, I'm stoked that we're doing this live. There's a ton of you in the chat already. Because we have so much ground to cover, we might not do a lot of interaction with questions on the chat this time. We'll see how it goes, but there is much to deliver. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so let's get into it. What's up, Gabriel? Hey, hey. What's hey, happening? Welcome to the show.
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
0: So what do you think? Where do we start? Should we tell the story of the placenta maybe from Gabriel's perspective? Uh, how would you introduce this topic? Since for you, everything comes back to this particular onion.
2: Yes, it sure does. So I... Uh, the placenta is, uh, in Twilight speak, it is the place entered. It is the place that you enter into this world. And you could think of it as the first fruits of labor, as in, the, uh, in your mother's belly, the, the cell wall was the first thing to establish uh, pregnancy. And so to some degree, the placenta is that which comes first, the alpha, and then the baby is born and the placenta becomes the omega as it becomes the last to arise. And uh, a lot of sovereignty research has been bringing forward the significance of this dynamic and uh, If anybody is into Crow triple seven, he's done a lot of uh, delving into uh, what happens to that that tissue. And there is a paper trail and there's even a booming economy um, where the placenta goes into transport, it is preserved. It's almost incentivized that they cut it early because they don't want it to uh, lose weight. And it goes into an industry that is uh, kind of on, a, on the dark side of a lot of research rabbit holes, but it uh, eventually goes into medicine and makeup and a lot of flesh-based um, products, uh, some medicinal, uh, some cosmetic. Uh, so that's kind of the, just the scratch in the surface of why uh, there's a lot to learn here and there's a lot of traditions around the world uh, based on this placenta that are highly mystical. And so I do believe that um, there are certain practices that we could all benefit from in reclaiming that lost pound of flesh and uh, keeping the entirety of what some people call the the full estate, uh, it, it is an heirloom. It's the family heirloom, and the mystical implications of this particular, uh, uh, I guess you could call it a a talisman. You know, it's a lost talisman. Uh, it's a gift from from your mother and your father. It's the the Uh, It is the alchemical wedding (laughs) that brought you into this place, and we give it away freely in in the uh, obstetric practices of modern day in the hospital.
0: Yes, give it away freely, and uh, it has quite a lot of value to many ancient cultures in the world. I'll screen share here. Uh, You gave me a bunch of great articles about traditions around the placenta, and so we'll share some of that. Because I also think this might be an area that Cheney will have some insight due to her expertise with folk magic. So we'll, we'll go through a couple of these examples. And the, the people of Indonesia, the placenta is actually considered as the elder sibling or the twin of the baby being born. They believe that the placenta is there to serve as the baby's guardian all through his or her life, for which reason it needs to be buried instead of being disposed of. In fact, there are certain rituals that must be performed before the burial, and the placenta is treated with the utmost respect and regard. So one thing this reminds me of is I played the game The Witcher 3, and there was this monster that uh, was terrorizing a town because a, the uh, baron who ruled that particular castle had had a stillborn child that was not properly buried And it came back as an evil spirit. And so we're going to delve into this idea. We'll get there, the spiritual side of this placenta. But it seems highly appropriate to be discussing this as the full moon and the eclipse today happens to be in Gemini. And this idea of a twin, maybe even a holy guardian angel, could directly tie in to the concept of the placenta. But Cheney, let's have you weigh in if you've got anything
1: the boons in gemini now i feel like i'm having a mandela effect i thought it was in taurus
0: is it maybe <laughs> i I'm thought mixed that up. was a
1: full moon in taurus
0: i have it well i could have been mistaken but that's what i have written on my
1: <laughs> no it doesn't surprise me anymore i'm from the timeline where it was you know well it could Del- be in the sense
0: of a sidereal <laughs> i'm that from the timeline the
1: where prince charles couldn't be the king
0: <laughs> but I have on my beaver moon chart, and I'm going by tropical, that it's in Gemini, just in terms of where it's at to the ascendant or the uh, the eastern horizon.
1: It probably is right now in Gemini. I don't know how quick the moon moves into signs. I don't know anything about that. I, just well, they're thought, talking, it was, I thought it was a
0: blood moon in Taurus. They're saying that it's a blood moon in Taurus in the chat. Maybe I got that uh, wrong, but they're very close, and that's a, the mother sign in the first place. Okay. So there's still... Deep significance there, but yeah, not to belabor yeah. that point. Yeah, you know well, I think, I don't... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead,
2: Cheney. Go, go ahead.
1: Oh, I, I just think it's interesting. Um, the Taurus, the bull, the blood moon, the ISIS symbol symbology that that creates for me. If you look at uh, ISIS, and I think also in art depictions, we see all these eclipses all the time, and always just assume they're a solar and. It makes more sense to me that they're probably lunar, especially a lot of them are over like Mother Mary figures and things like that. Um, You brought up the placenta and the idea of it being some kind of magical thing. Uh, We know blood and earth and things of this nature are super magical and full of properties and a placenta would actually have to create. And mothers out there that have given natural birth, they have a second birth completely separate for their placenta. It's like a whole nother contraction and a whole nother thing. And um, I imagine it's a whole different kind of alchemical and emotional release. Um, Probably like almost beautiful in a way because... a majority of the time they're already holding their baby in their arms. And so that next part of the process would be so like all gratitude. And so then um, the gratitude mixed in with it as well as it has to grow. So it's not like something that just can be created in a lab overnight. It grew with a baby and kept it all safe. And then we know that that you were saying um, they'll buy it the umbilical cord and everything else is one of the most expensive liquids on the entire planet and then we can look into the stem cell of it all and see that it's rejuvenating and kind of like a fountain of youth type thing so and then even when you were saying like placenta placeenta, like it's like holy shit you know it is such yeah. a whole it is kind of spiritual like it spiritually protects a baby in there
2: yeah you know, I just want to point out that so the Taurus, the sign for Taurus, is very uh, o- ovarian in appearance, and it is the you know the feminine, the the Ma. Then we go into twin. so there are the two births in twins. Then we go to Crab, where the cutting occurs. That's the scissors, the scissors, and then we go into the lion, and uh, that's where Mama signs on the line and signs away uh, all rights to the, the horse that the baby rode in on.
0: It's one of those topics that the more that you look at, the more it feels like you're being led to recognize this as significant. <laughs> like Synchromistically, it is beyond the pale. And this is why I think there's something to it. In terms of a guardian spirit related to this concept, that maybe on a higher order of the fractal, are where the beings known as seraphim or angels are said to operate in language, their fire and air. Language is their thing that, as humanity has been influenced archetypically in a channeling way. To create these different myths, maybe some of this information was encoded from a higher order, so that at the point that humanity was ready to recognize it would be evident like all good mythology, it seems like just a story until those with eyes to see and ears to hear are able to read between the lines and i'll just screen share here. Uh, human placenta in the top right tree of life in the top left. Yes. tree stump fingerprint along the tree branch this is very relevant in a cosmological sense that we're talking about <laughs> the cosmic egg or the tree of life the realm that we're in if everything is everything that uh, this is a major major importance to the fractal this twin birth very amazing and uh, to read more from one of the articles you you provided me gabe The fact of the matter is that the placenta, while the baby's in the womb, is responsible for nourishing and protecting it. It joins the mother to the baby and forms a link between the two by supplying blood through the umbilical cord to the developing child. Not only that, it also plays a vital role in the secretion of hormones that are required for a smooth pregnancy and to prepare the body for breastfeeding. So one of the popular in other cultures and is becoming more known now And this is something that when you talk about it, it freaks people out because it's such a foreign concept and maybe borders on the belief in cannibalism. But the placenta is consumed by mothers and sometimes by the entire family because it is said, like in Chinese traditional ancient Chinese medicine, for example, that all the blood loss during the uh, the delivery of the baby weakens or compromises the mother's breast milk at the beginning of the of that life for the baby. So somehow a return of the essence to the mother with the placenta could be uh, useful. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe what's important as we go here is that we recognize and honor the horse we rode in on and not leave our holy guardian angel lost at sea as a shipwrecked treasure to be salvaged by pirates.
2: You got it, man. Yep, you got it. And, you know, it is embedded (laughs) into so many of our words. Um, The word circle, the sacred circle. Well, the placenta is called the call is another word for the placenta. And so to some degree, what your mother, the name that your mother gives you is what you are called and so the, and she is on the birth certificate. She is the informant. She informed your your being. And then she signs off on that document. And the document is a living document. In law, it's considered a living document. So in exchange for the tissues that brought you into this world, you get a What is called a living document, which could also be defined as an organ, because the definition of an organ is a collection of tissues with a common purpose. And so the law of correspondence is observed in the fact that she gives them a collection of tissues with a common purpose, and she receives a collection of tissues with a common purpose that has your what you are called is put into writing and that is used to track you. And so this is where the term tenderfoot, which was a term that Native Americans would use for uh, colonialists, they would call them tenderfoots. Well, we might also be talking about tender, that all of your life decisions that are based on that identity that you're given at birth, uh, they are tracked, you know, this is the original uh, tracking system for uh all of your um essentially all of your uh rites of passage throughout your life will be recorded with this collection of tissues with a common purpose
0: and cheney i want to make sure you know to just chime in at any time and not wait to be called on necessarily
1: Oh yeah, I always um am when Gabe's talking. I'm like, oh yeah, this is it's like all going into my brain for digs later on or something that I'm like, what, like a seed later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this
2: guy. But I also think
1: Oregon, um, it also is a beautiful thing that makes music.
2: Nice, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's another. Fascinating topic. When we get into the old world, maybe a civilization of humans that were in touch with the spirit of this guardian, because that that's part of the hypothesis that we're going to be inching our way towards. That it's not just a physical being, because it is your self. It is your twin. It's got the entirety of your DNA. This afterbirth, as it's called, is. Not really, it's literally everything that you are on a genetic level, and you could consider it to be a connection to ancestors. But before we get into that, maybe let's talk about the call a little more,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. the uh, being born in the amniotic sac, which is a rare thing, but perhaps in a smoother or more sane way of having a baby come into the world, it would be more common because, I mean, I've never given birth to a child although there's a pregnant man emoji now. (laughs) Um, The fact of having mother lay on her back and all sedated and pushing and pushing, not using the natural density of maybe standing that seems to do a lot of trauma to the whole birth experience. And in fact, some people hypothesize that the idea of being abducted by Aliens has to do with the birth trauma because you're coming in to this sterile room. They're wearing masks and weird goggles and they're (laughs) the docked oars. They're docking the goods, the ore, the light, Mm -hmm. but being born in the amniotic sack, that's an interesting thing. Um, I want you to talk more about that, Gabriel, but some of the famous people reportedly born within it, the call as it's known having a higher calling sigmund freud napoleon charlemagne alexander the great how many of these characters are really who we're told they are is one thing but just as a concept you know we're always told there's always an admission (laughs) about what you know whether it's in a veiled way veiled this is the veil we're piercing mm-hmm. the veil right now. This is why I named the episode Apocalypse, uh, Placenta Clips Apocalypse, because the placenta clipped and not allowed to naturally detach after all those nutrients have gone into baby and all that blood and life force energy has transferred. I think it's yeah. a major, there's there's a lot more to say about that. The uh, three months of the birth period or the pregnancy that You're not in your mother's womb in terms of the 12 months of a year, a full cycle. Can you speak on all this, Gabriel? Get us there.
2: Okay. Okay. So, first point I'm taking notes as you go so I don't miss any hanging chads.
0: There's going to be chads. This is too big. Oh, yeah. We'll do our best.
2: It's so immense. So, uh, self, the word self, if you add an H, you get in reverse, you'll get flesh. So we are talking about the your other self for sure. And it, once upon a time, it was that it, it was the placenta. It's the aura. This is the original scar. And when you are talking about abduction and people's abduction reports may uh, tie into the birthing experience. Uh, there is a lot to be said about that. People have uh, you know through hypnosis. People have been able to uh, reconstruct the conf- the configuration of the the hospital room w- where they were born, when they were born, and they can put the doctor in the right location and put Dad in the exact perfect corner. Uh, and so we do have, you know, that kind of memory uh, going all the way back to the bir- to the birthing. Um, but also another common theme in a lot of adup- abduction stories is that the vessel that they uh, are taken onto has rounded corners. And it has, uh, seems to be uh, much like a placenta. It is a organic structure that they are inside of in abduction account. So I will point that out. There is a lot of consistency in that line of reasoning. Um, And- Now uh, I have to just
0: say that if you are transferred to a vessel or container, this is very interesting if we're looking at the placenta as your twin, because people who are actual fraternal twins or biological twins, I should say, even when separated at birth, they find that they have a psychic connection there are stories where two twins that never knew each other meet in their adult life and they both have the same name of a spouse, or they both name their dog the same thing. And the list goes on of all these weird sinks. So what happens to this other part of you that carries your DNA could have a very strong psychic ramification on you in your on a spiritual level. It's it's very
2: bizarre.
1: Isn't cesarean yeah. section like Cesarean a weird word?
2: Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Caesar. Render a big unto huge,
1: Caesar. Yeah. And a big, huge thing, C-section. One of their biggest symbols that I noticed that they keep trying to invert over and over again is the qua, the Q to the C. Everywhere in their language of everything they've ever conquered, they take the Q out and they put the C in. And if you even look at the absence of what a C looks like, the symbol of a C, it's a Q. And uh, the other way they would do that is take the K out and put the C in. And that's why they try to demonize these certain symbols, the Q and the K, the Q and the K, 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 K. Get rid of it. It's racist. Dixie flag, it's racist. But it's interesting to me, bigger than Caesar, I think, this C section that's just become the name. It's almost, to me, I can't quite figure it out yet, but the Yod, the C, and the X, the XYZ, it's weird that those are all together as this conglomerate. Um, but right there at the, the Roman of it all, because Rome never fell, the idea that we'd c section a woman's womb to take a baby out of it seems like that would be the ultimate way they would win because the amount they c section, not that it never needs to happen, but the amount that it happens is so much bigger than it ever needs to be so much bigger. Like most ladies, if they're just allowed to go through their natural process of birth, but it doesn't behoove a hospital to allow a lady to go through 48 hours of dilating. And um, so everything's about rushing the process. They don't want the chemical release, the alchemical process of all of the chemicals that not only go from the protection love that a mother has for her baby, but all the things of the womb mm-hmm. uh the placenta and the umbilical cord even like they want it right from the belly right from the belly button they want as much of it as they can get so uh yeah that'll fall off all naturally on its own but why did they want it all um yep. and then if, yep. if, if we let them ink. they'll keep snipping if we let them they'll keep snipping they'll take other pieces of your boys and other pieces of your girls if you keep letting them yeah so yeah it's, that so, is so Caesar of it all again And then Caesar always leads to Corona, Corona leaves, blah, blah, blah. And here we are again.
0: (laughs) And the roads lead to Rome. And one of the topics that Gabriel brought up, oh, he just fell off. I'm sure he'll get back in. Must have accidentally backed out. But I was thinking how if you cut the tail of the Q, of a capital Q, you could get a C if you cut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the tail being the umbilical. So there's also the aspect of you were bringing up all the things that they do to rush the process and destroy the alchemical element of the birth in that they wash the baby right away washing the baby right away is a a huge violation too because there's so many enzymes and naturally occurring bacterias that contribute to the baby's immunity you would wash just- your
1: chicken egg You literally wouldn't wash your chicken egg. The second you put water to your chicken egg, it starts going bad. But if you just take your chicken egg out of the chicken and leave it on your counter, it's good for two months. You don't even have to do nothing to that chicken egg. You don't have to refrigerate it. You don't have to do nothing to it. They take your baby out. They stick um, stuff that it would only catch if it was sexually active. They add in a vitamin into it that there is no way that it needs this vitamin. They shove Vitamin
0: K and they do hepatitis c shots and they give you vitamin k c and k
1: c and k and then they (laughs) lift a whole bunch of shit inside their eyeballs like who knows what vision they're taking away from them right at the beginning
2: yes yes wow so so i just learned last night that the number 17 is considered very bad luck in italian culture and there's probably a lot more that's a whole rabbit hole in itself Uh, But the number 17, which of course is the Q, uh, and I'll point out also that, so in Christian Kabbalah, you spell it with a C, in Jewish Kabbalah, you spell it with a K, and it's Greek Kabbalah that spells it with a Q. And so I think there is definitely a tie-in because we are dealing with, um, I think it will boil down to Hermetics. And hermetic practices and uh, ancient. Nice, yes. Yep, and ancient. I just pulled star. up the star card because that's 17. Yep, ancient medicinal practices for sure. And
1: it's the Ishtar. It's the Ishtar uh, star, Easter. Yep. Isn't that the eight point that's Ishtar?
2: You got it. And uh, if you visualize the asterisk, the hashtag, they are all eight pointers it's everywhere it really is it's everywhere the symbol for that is everywhere
1: and Uh, for me the eight always equals 13. i don't see an eight without it always equaling a 13.
2: i love how you do that you've reminded me like three weeks in a row elaborate on that
1: because eight years on earth is 13 years on venus And I think there's some, it's not just an inversion of the feminine, it's a pollution of the feminine. And so even a big, huge thing, our whole generation that they keep instilling into us, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like giving us these two total planets on either side of us, this total duality, this black and white separating us. Um... And then at the same time, while they're separating that inside of us, they're showing us the Baphomet of real humanity on the outside of us. So they're giving us this really serial killer version of what masculine and feminine is supposed to look like, because our visual—we've become so visual—and breaking and we don't even realize the little implants, Mars and Venus, Mars and Venus. And it's who even knows what you're like, what those spells are. Um, but I think the Ishtar of it all is definitely their Venus and moon, uh, Even telling like, hey, women, we just have to trust all this science that they tell us like, well, your period in the moon cycle. Well, is that science we have to trust? No, that's real. Like all they have so much bad science. And then there's real stuff. The reason that it's called moonstration and that 13 is considered an unlucky number. So that's why I never trust anything that's considered unlucky is because that would be our ovulation day. Um, And everything about the entire culture is a way to make women uh, bad luck somehow. So even that of Ishtar, I don't know what I can find on her. Like my head goes to all these places that I want to just demonize all these goddesses because some of somewhere they uh, they attach to Satan and Kronos all of a sudden. And here we go down that evil rabbit hole, but half of it's my own brainwashing where I'm like, back up. <laughs> like So I was about to go on a whole Ishtar rabbit hole that I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway there's
0: something there but the I think what we're learning right now is to reclaim symbols and words because they were ours to begin with and it was just this unnatural spin that was put on them the mm-hmm. diction of aries that we inherited from the masters Mars <laughs> and, and look
1: at Aries is the bull. But I would argue that that bull representation the ram, you mean. is the school or yeah, is the ram, but the horns anyway, take any animal hoofed animal with horns. They take this hoofed animal with the horns, the Taurus, the thing, the whatever. But I would argue that it's all ripping off ISIS school. I would argue that it's all ripping off her representation of everything uh, from that. And I think there's just so much, um, ripping of the feminine out of every single religion across the board. Uh, and they're so scared to say that women learned from other women. They don't want yeah. you to know that Mary Magdalene went to the ISIS school. They don't want you to know that because yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. they glass seal in us. We don't support yeah. each other. We are our own worst enemies. So they tell us, but that's not true. If you're ever among the company of the right women, but even look at this field, how hard it is to sit in a room of all women. It doesn't really happen. Like I'm sitting with two men talking about placenta. That's <laughs> crazy. That's introverse right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, even to take it to the next us.
1: level. None of us are mothers in here. None of us have had children. And like I'm probably even the last women woman who should be opening my mouth up and speaking on this for the real real so it's like that's how far away we are in our society that this should be three moms sitting in a room having this exact same conversation
0: right and that's yeah. what i want is for this conversation to really resonate to everyone's future in the hopes that some of the people who no, you're the bomb are for doing gonna it i have kids it, and they're going <laughs> to think differently about what happens to placenta And that maybe this isn't just biological waste to be put into a sealed bag and shipped off to, I don't know, a Vatican cold storage vault. Who knows where this goes? I just think
1: it's awesome that dudes like you guys are out there that are even at all curious about this shit, too. It's not just like a cult of women that are like mad in their knitting circle. Like,
2: I swear (laughs) something's
1: weird with Mary Magdalene.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, a, a whole lot of points come to mind. One thing I wanted to bring forward about Venus is it rotates in reverse. It It's spinning backwards and it's the only planet with a absolute perfect orbit. It's not elliptical. It's, it has a perfect orbit, allegedly, from what they tell us. And another thing that came to mind in all that was, you know, the... Uh, it's a, probably a very good practice in some cultures that p- mo- mothers will pass the babies around so the baby can breastfeed off of other mothers and to gain the immune benefits, the immunity benefits of multiple uh, genealogical data set, let's say. Um, and then the one last thing I wanted to bring forward is, uh, is, I I'm a father of 11 years and I want to just kind of put on the record that one of the most emasculating experiences for me just as not even the guy in the in the under the knife just as an observer was finding out that um you know we wanted to have the natural birth we didn't want the you know the I think they call it pitocin there's a stimulant that they give the mother to expedite the process. I, we did not want that and they did it. They told us they we needed it and then when we did it the baby got um had some some uh heart issues uh which is expected and so now they have to do the cesarean. It's like you get cornered into making these decisions because you're you're, so young
1: and vulnerable. Like, it's just like you're in the most vulnerable. It's almost like somebody has your prized possessions all on a moving van and you just, you're willing to do whatever to just get the possessions off the fucking moving van. I'm sorry if I,
2: you know, you got it. That's exactly it. Yep. And then as, as the father, as the protector, as the male, then they tell me we're going to cut your, your, your wife, your, your loved one. We're going to cut them. And you have to say yes. And it's just absolutely devastating. And so from then, from that point on, you know, uh, you're just from my perspective, I can I cannot even imagine what it was like for her. You know, I was there and I'm very connected to her, but it was very destructive to have to say, Okay, (laughs) go ahead, you know, and do exactly what we were trying not to do. So yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said about the um the industry of it all.
1: In the Pitocin, it's like a ventilator. The second it's injected, then your own oxytocin's like, oh, you don't need me? You don't need me at all? Okay, I'll turn all the way off.
2: Yeah, and imagine after all these C-sections, generations and generations of C-sections and Pitocin, are we going to breed out the natural ability to have babies over time? Will we are we generating a dependency on the system to do the work for us?
1: Or since the eggs are created inside the grandmother, if you're a grandmother that was a pitocin birth, are you less likely to produce the oxytocin? Because almost like you're saying with the placenta, is the oxytocin's a chemical handed down from mother to child, from mother to child, from mother to child. So in that saying that, why that child grows inside the womb, the eggs of that female are growing inside her as well. So if that oxytocin isn't handed to her, is it handed to her eggs?
2: Right. And at this point, we should probably bring up the fact that another word for the placenta is matrix.
1: Break it, break it, break it, break it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And everything about the programming that we receive, it's in your face. We're supposed to escape the matrix we're supposed to hate Two the matrix. trans
1: dudes are telling us to break the matrix
0: yeah we have to reclaim that word don't go see matrix 4 don't believe the hype there is a fake matrix in the sense of this overlay this metaverse of yeah of information but it's yeah. also possible to be the gods of that metaverse in the sense that when we reconnect to the higher knowing and to The spiritual aspect of this divine twin may be called the daimon, which I believe this is where I think that this is why this information is being we're being led to it, is that this if this is your twin, then it has a spirit. It is spirit. There is no separation between matter and spirit. And so is this part of you lost at sea, salvaged by pirates, hijacked and an angry, confused or lost soul or ghost? Is it? Is it influencing you with all of the trauma that it experienced and lost in a dark void in cold storage somewhere? Or are you healing its trauma by reconnecting your awareness to what happened to it? Because obviously, we're not going to be able to go back and get it. Those of us that are all grown up now.
2: But I do think Mm -hmm. that at
0: the point that I learned this information, and there's so much into this, like, we didn't talk about Unum Sanctum yet, (laughs) that... Everything mm-hmm. is still on paper, the paper C, the C, the letter yep, C, the owned by C. the Vatican. The but C the,
1: is mean myrrh or mar or Mary.
0: <laughs> yes, and we're going to yeah. get into this in Mary-time our time law. <laughs> Mary time <laughs> law. So, okay, this feels like a good time to bring up another tradition around the placenta. Okay. The Ma- Maori people residing in New Zealand have a completely different view of the placenta To them, the placenta creates a connection between the newborn baby and his or her land or tribe. I'll just insert ancestors. In the Maori language, the word whenua is used for both land and placenta, thereby signifying the connection established between the two. They hold a strict belief that the adequate burial of the placenta on tribal land assists in the establishment of a lifelong connection between the newborn baby and his or her ancestral land. To them, children will hence remain loyal to their ancestors and land and not move elsewhere. Through the burial, they believe that the Whenua is being gifted to Papa Tuanuka or Mother Earth. On the whole, this particular ritual is based on the famous saying, what is given by land should return to the land. And those of us that have studied Maritime Admiralty Law and all the commercial <laughs> Mar, mare, Mars, Mary, all of that, all that caper that's been going on for so long, since Rome and probably earlier would have to have heard of being a free man on the land, being on Bingo. the land and not lost at sea. This Bingo. is not, this, this is not a coincidence that these tribal people that were so difficult to conquer and are given hell to the New Zealand government right now about cowpokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're some of the more inspiring get togethers I've seen <laughs> the chanting and the radical, masculinity of their resistance going on right now to the draconian measures so they're free men on the land they have a connection to their tribe i think the guardian spirit that the twin the divine twin that we all have is also the mercurial messenger between us and ancestors this is the idea of hermes this is a trickster because we've been tricked into giving it up and being put through the priesthood as the channel to the divine, when in reality, everything that we would call angelic or even seraphimic, this is ancestors we're talking about. And they're not all they're not all doing things that we should do or that we should admire, but they're also not all evil. They're life like us, and some life we're meant to learn what not to do by observing it, and some we're meant to learn how to live by communicating with it. So in this sense, I do think that the idea of the placenta uh, and the spirit of this other entity is the Mercurial connection that we need to bridge spirit and matter more, you know, to cord, to record our ancestral knowledge, to remember, remember, reattach, repair, right? This is super super important um yeah let's continue
2: (laughs) you got it chance you got it everything you said it's amazing how our language it's almost like our words are screaming this truth to us and we've spent our whole lives not hearing the essence of these words so uh the placenta is a little wall and when you get pulled over by a pirate in a uniform on the on the road for practicing your uh, right to travel in pursuit of happiness, you pull out your wallet, your wallet, and when you open your wallet, it sure looks a lot like a like a yoni, and then you pull out a graven image of yourself from this leather yoni. And you put this graven image of yourself into the, into the public and you give joinder. You are entering your twin into, uh, into the public side. And this guy in a uniform, in a costume and with uh, all these threatening weapons and demeanor, he then takes your, your graven image and he goes and he scans it through a machine. And that machine reads the back of that graven image. And on the back, there's like three different codes. Look at your, at your driver's license. It has a scan bar, it has a magnetic strip. It has all these things that you can't even read. They're totally encoded. And this is what the Knights Templar used to do. The Knights Templar would give you a chet and send you on your pilgrimage. And the chet had all these codes that the people carrying the chet didn't know what the codes meant. And those codes are all in the private side. So the back side of your ID is private. In the front side of your ID that you can read, that's public. And so these are the two towers. The public and the private are the two towers. And that gets right into this unum sanctum that we're about to delve into, the spiritual and the temporal. Because your spiritual side, that is the private, your internal self is spiritual. It's private. And the external side is the public. And this is also the sun pillar and the moon pillar. The sun pillar is in the light of day. It's your persona, the sun, your person. And your spiritual self is the moon pillar. That is the man and the woman, the moon side. So all of this uh, spiritual alchemy is incredibly significant, very important And it is where, you know, a lot of sovereigns, they stick to the paperwork and they're very, you know, factual things you can prove. Uh, But the spiritual, it's a spiritual battle, ultimately. And so understanding the alchemy of these spiritual signs and symbols and what they really mean, you know, all of this is just good ammunition for the warfare that we're all about to go head first into.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we'll go in maybe unum sanctum is something for homework for people but what i think is relevant about it is that uh it's an example of the trading a two-dimensional for a two-dimensional like the placenta is flat it is like the (laughs) right It's it's like gabriel is getting what i'm coming at here and you give that up to the state and also in a two-dimensional sense on paper the even the fact that all the stories that guide our civilization are on paper they come from a two-dimensional realm uh unum sanctum is everything legal everything that is man-made and not part of the natural world is a two-dimensional trying to control a three-dimensional or influencing three-dimensional there's something about that so I would like people to look up Unum Sanctum from 1302, Pope Boniface, the 8th, issuing a papal bull that basically lays down the dogma that the Catholic Church is necessary and that all men have to go through the Pope for eternal salvation. Salvation, that word comes in the same as salvage, the same idea, salvage, salvation.
2: And it also ties into the word uh, savage. The word "savage" was er, originates from the word "salvage." Yeah, that's just want to put fits. that in there. You know, yeah. uh, I want to tell two quick stories, and I'll be super quick about them. You're good. So, the color Hans blue or Han purple is the color of paint that was on the terracotta warriors, and those terracotta warriors were dressed up in this battle armor. And the battle armor had this this amazing blue color to it. And the scientists have collected, they have to be very careful when they collect it. They put it in extreme cold, almost zero degrees Kelvin. And then they put a magnetic field onto the Han Han blue. And the, the paint dropped out of the third dimension and into the second dimension. And what I think happened with that Theoretically, this is just me going off the deep end, but it might have been a harvesting of souls. And all of those terracotta warriors, maybe they were just statues that looked exactly like the real people. Maybe they were graven images, but their souls were trapped and captured into the second dimension, very much like what you're talking about. And that entire location was surrounded by a river of mercury. So I just want to put that crazy historical fact because I think it plays into what we're talking about with the papal bull claiming all this bull. Yeah. There's something yeah. about
1: even um, them tearing down the statues in certain towns that I felt like they were undoing spells. There's certain metals that certain statues are made of. There's certain places that they are. And um, there was no rhyme or reason why certain things were pulled. And I always just think there has to be real power in a bust. Like you brought up Alexander the Great at the beginning of this, or these certain few names of people we know throughout history that we still see their images on places. There has mm-hmm. to be a trapping or a, the way magic works it's just yes. it, it, the idea that the some places are still allowed to exist and that some cultures will still go in right now in 2021 if we were to go into yep. iraq our army would destroy their like museum first is this right. really what an army right. does if we're worried about things there's some other power going on
2: you're so right cheney yep so, uh, something I always wonder about. We everybody knows about first world. Oh, I got first world problems, and we know about third world. Oh, that's a third world country. Where's the second world? Where's oh, the second world?
0: On paper, I think that on that's paper. part of what you're talking about with the terracotta warriors sending people into the Ready Player One metaverse,
2: digitizing further yep.
0: digitizing like grabbing the other twin basically they got one twin mm-hmm. on paper on mm-hmm. record but the what about you your physical aspect of yes. yourself
2: and so, so in hermetics that's the that's correspondence that's the second law of the hermetic principles is correspondence we are totally dealing with that second dimension something is big right there guys big
0: Right. And it comes through, I believe, in the dialectic, everything coming out of dialectics, all synthesis in terms of what changes in the reality or how reality is influenced is played through dialectics. Now, the researcher Pierre Sabac has done massive work digging into the etymological roots of angels and aliens and spirits, Ruach Elohim, high spirits, and the L-A-K, the living creature, demonstrating that these words or these concepts that form the dialectic of spirit and matter actually are two sides of the same coin and that masters of the waveform merge the poles or the pillars or they balance them as the lineman between the yin and the yang. So with Pierre, maybe I haven't read enough of his book to get to the more positive solutions outcome, but I believe expanding on his work what he sees as a very boogeyman type of scenario no offense to pierre i mean standing on the shoulders of giants here his work is monumental dude had to read so many dictionaries to get this stuff to us but that when he talks about and i'm going to read from a page from his one of his books holographic culture that synchron synchromistically wanted to be a part of this conversation i think it's leading us to a reconciliation at the end of hour 1 that everyone can take part in but this idea of the Karen is what I'm going to read about right now which is a companion spirit in Arabic cultures in Islam the Karen could be spelled with a Q or a K so why is it now spelled with a K we're talking about that Q to K shift the Karen is said to be a influencer on humanity it could be considered like a demonic entity but in Pierre's work He describes it as, well, I'll just read from it here. He says, both enlightened and pernicious, the Karen or the familiar adopted within Islamic teachings are able to manipulate thinking and shape the faculty of thought. Seducers and tempters of mankind, their unremitting intrusion upon the intellect can inspire and in extreme cases lead to confusion or insanity. In general, it can be stated that the whole Western philosophical tradition, including psychoanalytical theory, is construed upon a hidden daemonic tradition, a discourse between mortals and divinities in the language of Jung. When he talks about Philemon, which was an entity that he was in communication with throughout his life, he says, Philemon was simply a superior knowledge, and he taught me psychological objectivity and the activity of the soul. He formulated and expressed everything which I had never thought. And that's what's crucial. Now, he's got at the bottom here a diagram of the Kiraman Katubin, which are thought of as the noble scribes or recorders in order or in, in uh, an etheric intelligence, if you will, possibly similar to what you'd even consider AI to be. Data mining, data collecting. That's what these are thought of in the Islamic tradition plus human mind equals dialectic system. So we're talking about entity that can speak in your mind and it sounds like you and you don't know the difference. Why would it sound like you unless it maybe is your twin? That would make it very easy for it to sound like you. So to de-spookify the Karen as a concept, which I think is crucial right now, we need to reconcile this, is that Vatican has always played necromancy. Just look at the what they do with old bones of saints and burying things in weird places, and how all of this is (laughs) all of their game is about necromancy, which is the controlling of spirits. They
1: were the first to bring up actually devouring your savior to the people. Like they're the first Christians who were like, you know, what you should do to be closer: blood and body yourself. Like this, this is such a cannibalistic thing to. Uh, And now it's kind of a normal um, tradition and a lot of like Episcopalian and Christian um, ideas, but it's like, really, you're cannibalizing your savior.
0: Right. And it's an inversion potentially of the idea of consuming placenta.
2: Yes, it is. Because when we look
0: at the savior archetype, the Jesus or Odin or any of these mercurial characters, they're, yeah, they're, they're similar. They, they resonate on the same wavelength. And there's a twin aspect to most of them as well. <laughs> so that's a lot to get into. But I think in a necromantic sense, possibly the trauma and the confusion around this companion spirit, our divine twin, could be what leads to the, in extreme cases, unremitting intrusion that leads to confusion or insanity. And that If we heal this connection, if we communicate back to this part of ourself or to our divine twin, that we know what happened to it, we know what it went through, and that we invite it to help us in a healed and a whole experience of life through us, Just just the same as burying the dead. We're burying it metaphorically by doing this. I mean, I don't know how we could do this ceremonially, but my intention at this part of the conversation is that everyone listening, if they catch my drift here, do this for yourself. Now, make a recognition, recognition, remember this part of yourself. And the worst that could happen is that this is a pointless rabbit hole and we're wrong. The best that could happen is we repair our connection to ancestors and the divine right here and now and gain a leg up in this incoming metaversal shift, where we've actually got a direct line, a more direct line, the, <laughs> the serpent, the knowledge, the the snake around the tree, the umbilical cord and the placenta, all of this is similar symbolism for a reason. So without needing to maybe lead everyone through it, I would just like everyone to take this into deep consideration and possibly do this for themselves if it resonates. And if it makes sense. We've got 33 people in the stream watching right um, now. That's cool. People
1: talk about healing their childhood trauma and getting in touch with their inner child. If you could actually heal yourself back to womb to when you were in the placenta, if you could think about yourself and that little baby where all the trauma went wrong when you were one and two and three and four and five and all the way to now, if you could reverse it and go back to that, that would be everything. You would, get rid of all of it so if you could think about it in that kind of way is really um visual
0: yeah what do you think gabriel we're maybe moving our way towards the the wrap-up of hour one and Mm -hmm. there's more mysteries to come in hour two where we get into some of the esoteric if this wasn't esoteric enough
2: (laughs) yeah man yeah so i guess uh one thing I will put forward for the hour one is I believe that our daemon ages in reverse. And part of this comes from a good way to understand this is uh, watching The Shining in uh, in with a ghost image of the same film playing forward and backward at the same time.
0: Hold on before you go there. This is amazing. I'll just say Placenta comes out fully grown. It's not going to grow anymore.
2: Right. It's at the Ages. end of its purpose. Yes, it's aged. It's aged to its death. You're right. Benjamin Button. Great point. Benjamin Button. Great point. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, so. We watched the shining forward and backwards. And the moment that the, the uh, linear Timelines crisscrossed was the point where the uh, old uh, curator, the elderly black man, he was lying in his bed at the moment where the two timelines crisscrossed in that movie. And the word for bed in Spanish is calma. It is, he was calmly laying in the calma. This is the call. Of Ma. This is the placenta. He was barefoot. Even the camera uh, dialed in on his feet. And that was the, the nexus point where the two timelines of the movie, The Shining, uh, crisscrossed over. And theoretically, if your daemon age is in reverse, that is the moment of the midlife crisis. And that is the moment where your daemon was your elder. And it was carrying you up to that point. And from that point on, you become the elder. And now you are the one who is the caretaker for your placenta, for the spirit of your placenta, your aura, your auric field. And so this moment of healing that we're offering people, uh, think about that with, with your age and where you are in your life, in your past. You know, right now, maybe your daemon is your elder and maybe it knows more than you. Or maybe you're on that tail end and your, your relationship to that daemon, it's like a little child that you are now escorting to its entrance to, the, to that exit scene. Uh, and uh, I also wanna point out that I watched Ready Player One and in the movie Ready Player One, The Shining was a pivotal component of that story. They went back to The Shining and they replayed the whole movie in Ready Player One. They even ripped the uh, picture off the wall. A graven image was ripped in half. The symbology was just screaming at me. Uh, I won't go too far into it, but I want to point this out. Last night in my research for this presentation, I discovered that in the book for The Shining, the main character, Danny, was born with the placenta on his head. It's called being born in call. And there are many superstitions and traditions around that, what the significance of that means. You could call it uh, a man of the cloth, a a person with a higher calling. All of these are kind of based in and steeped in the potential for psychic abilities, uh, foretelling the future, and a lot of some of the things that we're going to get into in the next hour. Uh, so Danny had the shining, and the curator also had the shining. They both had this placenta uh, phenomenon at birth. And so I just wanted to get that forward for everybody in hour one so that they can all find their own rabbit hole and uh, make amends and find a relationship with their higher self on their own path.
0: Yes, and in the sense of the Karen or the order of beings that are related to this Karen, seraphic beings, all throughout the cultures and etymology, they're referred to as shining ones. It's a very major aspect of the symbolism. So uh, we should make our way to the wrap up for hour one. It's like where do you stop the train? But I want to say too about the Karen, which I like to. This was made me first start thinking about it is how the meme of Karen became so prevalent in the culture right now. And in so many of the what we're told about the elites and their Bohemian Grove rituals, it has to do with the cremation of care. And in the Holy Trinity, care is the heart. It's the balancing point. Care. So the cremation of care. The last thing I'm going to say about this. Oh, my God. This one's huge. Let me make sure I can pull up the the image here. Carry on. Should have had it ready, but. uh, (laughs) roadkill. All right. In Transylvania. Couples who do not wish to have any more babies are known to burn off the placenta upon the delivery of their child. After the burning part of the ritual is done, the father of the newborn baby is required to drink the ashes. Upon doing so, he will supposedly become infertile. This sounds like Kronos to me thereby deeming it impossible for the couple to have more children. So we'll ask ourselves the cremation of care, the cremation of the Karen infertility that's being forced by the same mafia onto people who are unable to see what's being done to them or unwilling to, or just straight gung ho about becoming infertile because of the way that their minds have been manipulated. So there's so much there. Uh, Don't let your care be cremated by (laughs) the, by the, uh, the necromancers, right? Like it's time to resurrect our care, the phoenix from those ashes. And, you know, that's a flaming aerial creature, seraphic in its symbolism, a higher spirit, higher calling. This is what is being required of us now in this crazy time and to reintegrate. So I don't even know. <laughs> this is some big stuff. Feels <laughs> really good to be talking about it. Super appreciate you two coming on two days advance notice. I was just like, wait, I know what we need to do here. Bonus round. Let's get this out there. So Cheney, like Mary Magdalene,
1: they- yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into some of that maritime Mary Magdalene Templar mysteries in hour two and more connections. So Cheney, let people know where they can find you. And, uh, you know, don't be shy about talking about all the stuff you get up to. And then after that, pass the mic to Gabriel. I'll start posting links to both your channels in the chat as well as the final link I'll post is to the Rockfin where premium members will have plenty of time to catch uh, catch up and get into hour two as there'll be about three and a half minutes of music between the first and second segment, more than enough time to, if you're not already a member at Rockfin subscribe where there's so much good content that you can find for one price, you get everybody's premium stuff and this will not disappoint I'm not paywalling it just because I'm some kind of like money Scrooge here. This is our life's work that has led us to this ability to even synthesize these ideas. It's major and it's worth your investment. You'll feel good about it. All right. So Chaney, where can they find you? What do you do? Tell us about all your stuff. And thank Uh, you you for being here.
1: um, Thank you for having me. Uh, You can find everything I do at project Chaney. You can probably put C H A N E Y in your search bar of your uh podcast or YouTube and find other shows that I've been on. Um I get to hang out with some of my best friends who also all have mics and podcasts and are brilliant. And um yeah you can look me up at Chaney and Wonderland on Instagram, Project Chaney or Chaney Project on Twitter.
2: Right. So my channel is uh strictly youtube at the moment uh slick dissident is where you'll find me and uh funny not funny i'm actually starting to experience some uh censorship of my comments uh just this week i noticed a couple people tried to get something posted and uh i can't really see the full comments so i always invite people to reach out to me but uh if it's something juicy maybe just. Uh, uh, shoot me your email and we can do things in a more personal level uh, because they seem to be paying a little more attention to me than usual. Uh, but yeah, click uh, distance my channel and that's where to find me.
0: Yeah. And we're all rocking it on telegram where the party is truly at. Let me drop yep. the interverse telegram. Oh, yeah,
1: Cheney the vampire slayer on telegram. And I have a project Cheney channel that I just started over there that you can join. And um All my favorite magical people will be there soon. I haven't done anything too much in there, but (laughs) I will harass everyone that I know to eventually come there. And then all the best people will be in a good place.
0: It really changed the game for me to have the Telegram tribe come together. And as part of what makes this type of thing possible for us, Gabriel and I collaborate, corroborate so much information throughout the days (laughs) and sometimes it all comes together like this in, in ways that are just beyond, beyond what we could have ever planned. And, you know, yeah, uh, I want to remind everyone too, I guess about my stuff. If you're new to me, I do this. I've got Wednesday night of show called vibrant. That's also live. Interverse isn't always live and it's not on a set day. And I do sound healing, ARIC field repair with tuning forks. And it's very, very powerful procedure, surgical in a way, but in a non-invasive, non-harmful way. (laughs) Reconnect all the parts of yourself to each other. Anyway, that and divination sessions, that's also my thing. Had a great one this morning with a Telegram fam. Draw cards, unlock the key of destiny spread. Find out what superpowers are waiting for you to just bring a level of awareness that will help you manifest and unlock those. All that you can do, connect with me, chance at interversepodcast.com, through email, or hit me up on Telegram, or any of my socials that you can find. And yeah, we're going to move over to hour two. There will be three and a half minutes of music with this fun graphic that I made to go with it. That's also something I do. I'm an artist, and right, it gives you plenty of time to transition over, but if you're not going to, stick around and listen to the awesome music by Norbs, who's also got an incredible YouTube channel getting into deep esoteric gravy like the cosmic egg and related subjects which will definitely be coming up in the second hour as we unravel the mary jesus john the baptist mystery of the templars and that's it for hour one thanks everyone who did tune in to hour one and if you don't come over to the other side we still appreciate you and you definitely got what i think is the most crucial part and hour two is just for the those who really like extra gravy on their biscuits. (laughs) 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 So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later.